Father, what a joy it is that we get to step in boldly to the throne room of grace today because of what you've done for us, not what we do for you. God, that simple message right there is fire for our soul. It's encouragement instantly. And Lord, I just pray that those of us who are struggling in our faith today would have the courage to grab hold of that truth, to receive it, to step in today. Father, would you meet us here? Would you speak as you speak? And we just invite you, say we're listening. Speak as you want to speak to us. Um, God, I pray that we would expect you, not in a certain kind of way, but God, we're open-handed saying we expect you. Now would you do what you do? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to invite my, my, my fellows up here. And we got, I want to share some stories today that help us see. And then we, listen, listen, we're going to throw a party today. Anybody ready for a party? You like to celebrate? We, we, we like to party. We're celebrating people. So I hope you like to celebrate. And uh, I can't wait for our guys to share a little bit of the story. So good morning, West Hills. Um, this, this right here, what you see, is actually a uh, life group. It's a small part of it. We have a larger uh, group, but uh, this is a part of it. And there's a reason why everybody's sitting on this stage. But first, I want to kind of give you a, a background on what's going on. So traditionally, um, most places, you go into a church and you hear a story. And that story is from the Bible, from the scriptures. And it's something that happened over 2,000 years ago. And you, you leave inspired. You leave full of hope. Um, because th the word is alive. And typically throughout the week sometime, you kind of you get sidetracked and you kind of forget all about what was, what was preached that Sunday. And I, I, I really believe that one of the reasons why is because you're not experiencing those same stories that happened 2,000 years ago. And so as West Hills, we, we, moving forward, we began to pray and ask God to, to allow these same stories that happened 2,000 years ago to begin happening today, right here, right now, 2020, here in West Hills. And he answered that prayer. He answered that prayer. And so today, we're basically just going to give you a, we're going to tell you a story that happened. It was amazing. Um, I want to first start by introducing everybody. Uh, we got Darion on the end. He's got, he's got a really, really good story to tell you. Uh, we got Lester, we got Bryce, we got Marty, and we got Jason. And as you look at this, right, this picture, this is a picture of heaven. This is it, right? So, and, and, and if you really deep dive deeper into it, we all walk different walks of life. We're all from different backgrounds. Like, if you, if you look at this outside of here, you're like, why is this guy on the stage with this guy? The kid on the end, I mean, like, is he still in high school? You know what I mean? It's that picture, like, how, how did these guys meet? And I, honestly, this is, this is from the heart. It's all God. This whole entire thing is from the Father. And so um, diving into the story, Darion, I want you to kind of just speak. And I know you're a little nervous, but it's okay. Hey, hey, your family, your family. Come on, come on, your family. So kind of just give a, a brief um, testimony and then kind of what happened that night. Okay, well, honestly, I was honestly trying to be perfect in the law of God. I was just trying to do everything that he told me. And basically, he called me into that garage to tell me that I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? And that through him, through his love, through his joy, through his kindness, I can overcome all my fears, all my challenges, and I can do all things through him because he is God. And 
he has control over us and he directs our steps. All we have to do is have faith and he's going to take care of the rest. And I'm going to give my life to him today and I'm going to trust that he knows the way and the direction for me to go. All right. So that was awesome. That was awesome. So the story, how this took place, right? Like how did these guys come together on this stage? Um, Lester is a youth training basketball guy, right, coach. You know, he, he, he trains kids or youth in uh, basketball. He's, he's really good. He will tell you that. He does not mind telling you how good he is. Um, I haven't personally seen him play, so I can't speak for that. But, no, he's, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. So um, while doing that, uh, Darion steps in the gym. They meet. They build a relationship because they both love basketball, right? This God thing is already starting to open up. And Lester begins walking with Darion. He's being a light in his life. And one day, Lester says, hey, you want to come to church with me, right? And he's like, church on a Monday? Like, what is this? And so Lester was like, it's kind of hard. And I'm going to let him tell you this, but it's, he's like, it's kind of hard for me to explain what life group is. It's a group of guys sitting together in a circle <laughs> talking about God, right? And so... Um, Lester, uh, as that happened, what was your experience so far walking with Darion? Um, so, like, I, like you said, I train kids and all of that. But the funny thing is, is that Monday, he wasn't supposed to be in the gym. Typically, I'm in there and I usually get done and go straight to life group. Well, for whatever reason, he walks in there that day and I'm like, why are you here? I don't tell him that. I'm not going to question him on why. I know why he's in there, but it's like, you're supposed to be at work on Monday, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> and so I didn't think nothing else about it. So I just say, hey, you want to go to church with me? Like I said, we call it church because I didn't want to have to explain to him what life group was about. <laughs> we got a bunch of guys sitting in the garage and we talk about God and crying. we're crying and we're happy and... <laughs> And everything. So <laughs> to save myself explaining that to him, I say church. So I was like, hey, you want to come to church with me? He was like, man, I got to get in this work. And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and so I finished my sessions. And then for whatever reason, he walks back over there. And he stays over there with me, talking with me for a while. And I'm like, don't you got to go to, don't you gotta go to work? And so I was like, hey, you want to go to church with me? He's like, yeah, I'm going. And I was like, all right, you, you driving or am I driving or what we, what we doing? He's like, I'll come, I'll drive, I was like, all right, how about you drive halfway and then you get in the car with me and we'll go to rest. And so on the way to meeting where we're going to get in the car with me, I called Jay and I'm like, hey, got a guy coming tonight, he's coming to a small group, I want you to, I want you to talk to him, I want you to, he's going through his own stuff, you know, everybody go through their own things, I'm like, I want you to talk to him. He's like, Jay's like, well, all right, is, is there anything I need to know about? I was like, nope, I'm not telling you anything. I'm going to make, I was like, I know God talks to you, so I'm going to let you figure this out on your own. <laughs> and I hang up. <laughs> True story. And he was like, all right. <laughs> so, all right, then Darion gets in the car with me. We drive over there. Before we get out of the car, I just told Darion, I was like, hey, if you're willing to open up Amen. and be honest, I was like, these guys in here, these people in here, they're not judging you. They don't, they honestly don't care. I was like, when you walk in this house, you're going to feel like family. 
But if you are willing to open up and be honest with yourself to him, I was like, to God, if you're willing to open up and be honest to him, something's powerful going to happen tonight. And I was like, I'm willing to bet you something's going to change tonight. I was like, I guarantee it. And so he was like, all right. So he walks in and it's like, he's like, man, I, this feels, feels good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So we're in there, all of us, we all meet up first. And he's like, so who's the preacher? <laughs> so we have this ongoing game now, fun of like, who's the preacher? I was like, you wouldn't guess who the preacher is. <laughs> and so he was like, is it, is it him? It's like, I'm not telling you yes or no. He, then he points to Jay. I was like, I'm not telling you yes or no. I was like, I'm not saying he's here. I'm not saying he's not here. I'm not telling you if he's a guy or a girl. I was like, at the end of the day, we all preachers. And so he was like, all right. So we get into the garage and he still doesn't know. <laughs> and so Jay, Big Jay starts talking first. And then it's like, okay, he thinking Big Jay's the preacher. So then, then Jay talks and he was like, Jay was like, yeah, me, the preacher. And Darion's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I told you you weren't going to know who it is. And so that's just where we kind of opened up into, we start talking, and, and then things got real. Things got, things got real serious in there, and, it's, and it, it got powerful. Um, and as, as we sat in that room, we, we pretty much, we welcomed them in, Darion. I started and said, hey, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not perfect. And then Jay says he's not perfect. And then he says he's the preacher as well. And that's when you saw this whole thing change of like, aren't you supposed to be perfect? You're the guy that's on stage every Sunday. And that's when it began. He said, I want to give you my story. So he started telling us his story. And we just invited him into freedom. And as we experienced that, I want to ask these guys, because Marty and Jason was there as well, right? And there's something that happened in that room. And it's hard to describe it, but we try, right? So, Marty, I'm going to let you speak first on that. What was your experience as you sat there in that room and you witnessed this happen? What was your experience? I mean, it was like, words really can't describe it. Because, <laughs> I mean, first of all, the Holy Spirit's in this garage doing work, you know. And, and the owner... Of yes. the house wasn't even there. Yes. His wife was, but he wasn't even there. <laughs> and the spirit was just—I mean, he started like a glow to him. Yes. You know, and it was just unreal. And then he made the comment like, "I don't even know why I took off work today. I don't, I don't even know why I'm here." And and that's when it like really got me fired up because I was like, "Yeah, there's a reason you're here. <laughs> there's a reason you're here, and there's a reason you showed up at that gym today, and just like everyone else." Out there there's a reason you're sitting in the seat you're yes. sitting and it, it was just to me it was an awesome experience and it just like the next day it was just like who's next yes. like who who are you gonna reach next and it's Jay's made it before yeah he's the preacher and I take care of athletic fields for a living but you know what I can reach somebody Amen. doing what That's I do it. and I, and I'm a minister in that field and the Lord put me there for a reason so Amen. and and the question was asked that night, who's the preacher? That's been on my mind all week long because I thought about it. I sat and really thought about it. And we answered it that night because when he gave his life, when he surrendered his life to Christ, at the end of that night, we all declared it. We're all preachers. You, 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 everybody. 
right? And so we had this, this thought like, it's not just Jay. It's all of us. No matter what job, no matter what profession you're in, it's all of us. Um, Jason, what was your experience like being in that room? It was a spiritual reboot for this old guy. I mean, <laughs> I walked in after spending the day with my daughter by myself, tired, had my Amen to that. Let's get this over with. Let's go home. Let's get the baby in bed. We sat down. He tells his story. We bow our heads to pray. I say to myself, this escalated quickly. <laughs> I peeked up and I seen, you hear about the blood? I seen the blood worship. And that's, I mean, it was powerful. Amen, amen. Um, Bryce is also in this large group. He unfortunately wasn't there that night, but I also wanted to ask him because he's fairly new to our life group, his experience so far. Thus far, how has it been being in the life group? Has it changed you? Has it, has it gave you a reason? I don't know so much if it's changed me, but it's an experience. You know, it's a comfort blanket, safety net as we used to use in our couples class. It's a safety net. I went in there with a preacher and one brother been there for about a good month or so. Now I got 13 brothers. <laughs> you know, that range from all specks of life. You know, and I can speak to them on all specks of life. And that's the good thing. It's, it's like the garage of Planet Fitness, no judgment zone. <laughs> like, I like that. You know, I like that. We, can, we can talk wholeheartedly and, you know, there's no macho-ness of masculinity. You know, you see a, a bunch of selfless men sitting in a circle, like we said, crying, telling our testimonies, how Jesus is moving. And no matter what trials and tribulations we go through, we know we get the reboot button on Amen. Monday. Amen. And we're just there. So we'll leave, like Jay said, tired, sluggish, weary. When you leave, you full uplifted. of energy, you uplifted. <laughs> you, you ready to fight you? You ready for the world. Amen. Amen. So in this moment, um, we wanted to invite you into that story, right? But we also want to invite you on this journey with us. Um, if you're not in a life group, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm telling you, it will, it will do wonders in your life because honestly, if you're walking this journey alone, you won't make it far. We're not meant to be alone. We are meant to fellowship together. Um, if you are in a life group, challenge the, the members in your life group. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate um, this baptism. But before we do, I just, as you heard this story, there should have been somebody that you immediately start thinking about in your life that God has already placed in your life. And if you didn't have that person, Let's pray that, that God will reveal that person to you because this is all of our cause. This is what we're meant to do. This is what we're created for, to, to add to the Father's kingdom and glory to, glory to God for that. Um, so right now, we're going to step into a time of prayer. We're going to pray over Darion as he publicly shows that he is living for Christ. Christ has rescued you from the laws, right, and the heaviness. And you're about to be set free. And I'm about to start crying, too, because I'm looking at you. And it's that, 
oh, I'll tell you. Um, so if you want to come up, let's pray over, let's pray over Darion. And Lester, I'm going to let you uh, lead that prayer. Dear Lord, we come in here today to celebrate new life. And we just ask that you just walk with him and just allow everybody in this room and anybody around him just show their, show their love for him and show their love for you and just walk with him and, and encourage him to keep moving on. And whatever he goes through, he's not alone. And just, just ask that you put your hand over him and that you just gained a new son. You just gained a new, a new preacher, a new, a new leader. And we just ask that everything he does, he does in the glory of you. And you just bring, we just bring you praise in everything that he does and we do in life. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you too. Hey, I want to, I want to one second, because I want to clarify for anybody in the room today. You came in that room and here's one thing. When you receive the truth, this is what the truth does. It sets you free. It says this word says it'll give you power, love and a sound mind. When you receive the truth, you've been trying to live the truth, right? And you had an idea of what the truth was. It was a bunch of rules that you had to follow. That's the truth. But the real truth that begins to set you free, you knew the truth about yourself. You knew the law and you knew your imperfection. So you're striving and striving and striving and falling and falling and falling, striving and striving. And you're wearing out. You're tired. And you begin to feel the weight. And when I remember sharing with you that Jesus actually earned for you what you could never earn. And the law simply points you to actually how broken you are. And you know it already. The good news, when you believed and received that Jesus went to the cross, he pays the penalty for all of that, and you receive his favor based upon what he earned, not what you earned. You can have it, it's yours, remember? And you received that. You said something very unique. You said, it's like the weight of the world is off of my shoulders. Remember saying that? And at that point, that's what I witnessed when I was watching your face. It was a, a uh, it was, he said, he used the word uh, a grayness. It was a, it was a little bit of darkness. And there was a brightness that entered your life in that moment. And uh, I just believe that, God, I told you this, but the weight is off your shoulders to actually walk, like you told me in there, that you're actually going to begin walking a brand new life in the power of the Spirit of God now. And He's going to use you more than you can think or imagine. That's what He's going to do with your life. And we are here to say we're with you every step of the way. You never do that by yourself at all. And uh, we got your back 100%, 100 and uh, it is an honor to walk with you, my brother. So let's do this. Are you ready? Let's do this. Come on. So you, you, can, you can do about. Yeah. You got you. So I invited Lester to actually uh, do the honor because this is, uh, this is your spiritual mentor. This is the one who actually was a light that drawed you to the king because the king lives inside of him. And now here's what we commission you. With this, you now go away and the life you raised to walk will do the very same thing that you saw in him. I told you this, now what begins to happen is something begins to shine through your life through no effort of your own. It's a spiritual thing that you received. That thing entered your life. You know that, right? Yes, without a doubt? Without a doubt. So here's, I've got two questions for you.
You've professed, number one, you've trusted Jesus for your forgiveness of sins and your goodness, your badness, everything. You're sitting here saying, I trust what you earned for me. I'm no longer earning to receive favor. I'm trusting your favor, correct? Yes. And the second, I ask you, do you commit to, for the rest of your life to follow in this way? Yes. Yes. So based on your profession of faith, my brother, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk a brand new life. Come on now. Woo! Let's pray over our brother. Come on now. You got a towel? Anybody got a towel in the room? You know what I'm saying? We got some paper towels in the bathroom. Good luck. <laughs> I just get. <laughs> we can hear you. Here's what I want to invite each one of you into today. Um, we're talking about, we're, we're walking into Luke 10 right now. And the, the series that we're walking in is stories that help us to see. And my prayer is that you would see. I mean, that you would really see for maybe the first time. Some of us have an idea or a belief that we see until we really see. And you go, I did not see. <laughs> and so here, here's what... Um, I, we shared with, with Darian, and here's what uh, is available to you. In Luke 10, uh, a man comes to Jesus, and he's a religious expert of the law. And he says, Jesus goes to test him, and he says, what must I do to receive eternal life? What, what must I do? And I don't know about you, but I believe that there's maybe some people in the room today asking the question, what must I do? And I'm going to invite you right where you are, um, that maybe it would be revealed to you, and I, I want you to really think about this. What do you believe that you have to do for God to look at you and smile? Like, what do you believe? The, I mean, really, like, we don't want to, we know some right answers. We know the right, maybe some right answers. Maybe we know. But now I want you to just speak from your heart to yourself. What do you believe that you must do in order to make God smile today? Because that's really what he's asking. What do you believe? I'm just going to ask that the Spirit of God would just bring to remembrance those things just in your mind right now. They would come forward. Just come on. What do you believe you must do in order to make God smile? That's the first story. Uh, we got a second story coming on up. So I'm going to invite Caitlin and Brittany to come up here. And we got another uh, just story for you guys today that I'm, I'm very excited to tell. Girl, you can do whatever you want. You got some freedom, you know. But I want to I wanna welcome you up here today. And I just want to tell you it's been an honor to walk with you and just to see you on the journey of discovery. And uh, it's been a great encouragement to my life. And so I'm excited to see what God continues to do through you. So speak to us, my sister. Speak. Hi. Um, so I already 
did this once first service talking, but I felt like I just wanted to say so much more um, because there's this part in Luke where there's this another religious leader that asked Jesus, like, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, okay, like, you know, the commandments, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I've been doing that, which is basically me. Like, <laughs> I've been doing that because, like, I mean, my grandpa was like a deacon. I went to GAs. I went to youth camp. I went to like private school. You know, I was in the bubble like my whole life. And so that's what I thought basically was what I was supposed to do, like was follow all these rules and therefore you like, okay, you're going to be saved. You're good. Like whatever. Um, But like Jesus says to him, like there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And a lot of us, I think, look at this like, oh, well, he's talking about money. But really, um, I was reading devotional by Lisa Turkers, and she's like, no, what he's talking about, what Jesus is talking about in this story is like what holds the key to your heart. Like, what do you keep trying to fit in only that hole that God can fill? And for me, it was like following rules or like trying to find a boyfriend, you know, whatever. But truthfully, like, all of that at the end of the day just left me so empty and craving like so much more. Um, so that's why like I've been like asking questions, started meeting with Jay and our other life group friend, Danae. Um, and we had coffee last Tuesday and Jay's kind of like, you've been, we've been talking about this for a hot second. Uh, and Jay was like, okay, Caitlin, well, that's not, that's not what it is. Like Paul talks about like, no, like, it's a free gift, and I was like, okay, but are you sure it's, like, for free, like, I really don't have to, like, do all this stuff, because I'm very type A, I like lists, I like checklists, like, doing stuff, um, and I'm gonna say it again, because I still just think it's so funny, you're like, no, Caitlin, it's free, just, like, take it, and I was like, okay, like, I gotta do this, I need to surrender my life wholly to God, and not strive anymore not like see it basically flip my whole mindset to where it's like okay this is a free gift of grace this is not something that I can earn or you know anything like that and what you're saying is there's a there's a revelation of the word versus there's an understanding of the word so I know all the bible verses but when I just ask you some of that question some of y'all have a you have something that you believe makes God smile but the word says that he satisfied himself, that he did all of the work to declare you right. Now, do you want to be set free today? Then receive that good news because it's the dynamite of God. And when you receive that good news, it will blow up any aspect of who you are and it will set you free to live a brand new life. The life you always actually wanted to live is actually a work of God that you must first receive. You cannot do anything. You cannot earn it. You can't make him happy. You can't make him smile outside of what he's accomplished for you. Now receive that good news and it will set you free. This is the game changer. And so what you're saying today is that game changing message that you are actually coming into the revelation. Scripture says the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That's what Paul's prayer is. Actually, the eyes of your heart are enlightened, not just the knowledge of what the Bible says. So you're walking now into the realization of what the Bible's saying. You're now receiving it because you see it clear. That's my prayer for each one of us as we walk in this door every single day, that the eyes of your heart would be opened up to actually see the truth. And when you receive it, 
You can have it. And I want to tell you, the free gift is available to you today. And that game-changing dynamite will enter your life and it will set you free to live a brand new kind of life. So today, my sister, you come saying this, that you've trusted Jesus for your salvation, your badness and your goodness, and you are resting in the fact of what he's accomplished for you. Is that the thing that you're actually believing? Yes. Yes. And so based on this profession, the second thing is, will you fight that good fight of faith to say, I'm resting and trusting in that, and would you help others walk that out? Based on that profession is, is what we're going to celebrate today. You are now going away and the life you raised to walk is a life of faith in Jesus. And he's going to lead you every step of the way from mm-hmm. there. You ready? Yeah. Let's do this. Come <laughs> okay. on now. We're going we're gonna to party a little bit. Oh, I'm going to. Okay. Okay. You got it. Careful, it's a little bit slick, so. I know, I'm like, I got you. No, you're good. <laughs> got it? Yeah. You just sit there and it's good. Is it warm? Mm-hmm. Fine. Good, okay. All right, guys, we're improving. Hey, here's what I want to ask of, of you. Um, if you're willing as the church to say, hey, listen, we end this with you, we've been there. Uh, and we're going to walk with you for the rest of these days as we walk together. In, in agreement with that, would you, would you just stand just to support and say, I'm with you right here? Now I want you to look. I want you to look. When the days that you feel like uh, I'm, I'm feeling alone, and I want this picture to come to your mind, that this is your family, and we're saying we've been there, we walked it, we're in it with you, okay? So my sister, based upon your profession of faith today, I'm going to baptize you in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This week has been a good reminder for me. I'm around this a lot. You know, and it just can be what you know. It can be what you've heard of. Uh, but to watch the dynamite of God, this message that is true dynamite. Um, and I, I'm finding that and I'm reminded that uh, this is the thing that each one of us actually craves. The good news that you are fully known and fully loved by the king of the universe. And that he earned what you could never earn. Here's what, uh, as we continue this story in, in Luke 10, he talks to this guy who's a religious leader. And he says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? What must I do to make God happy? It's a test. And he says, I'm going to tell you what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. Uh, he invites him. What's the law say? Remind me of what the law says, because you're an expert. You know. Y'all know. What does it say? Well, he says, here's what the law says. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. He quotes two verses, Deuteronomy 6, 5, which is love God, and Leviticus 19, 18, which says love others. So he quotes the law back to Jesus saying, here's what you got to do. And Jesus says, all right, great. Actually, you are right. Do that and you will have what you're, what you're looking for. 
I don't know about you, but that is what the law points us to. You must love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as yourself in order to be right before God. That's what you must do. Did you know that? You must do that. This guy, the honest man that he is internally, realizes, how, how, who, who's my neighbor? I don't, he starts asking himself some questions right here. How do I actually do that? How do I know that I've actually achieved it? How do I know I've accomplished it? So he asks him, the good lawyer that he is, to clarify everything that needs to be clarified. He's wanting to justify himself, which means proven right. He wants to prove himself right. He asks Jesus, and who's my neighbor? Define who my neighbor is. So Jesus begins to tell him a story. And many of you have heard this story. But he tells him a story of a man who took a journey from Jericho I mean, from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho. And along this road, there's a 20-mile stretch of road. And this road was actually called the, bl- the Bloody Road. And in that day, it was, it was a place where when people would walk, it was a place where bandits would hide out and they would rob. And so when, he, when Jesus tells this story, everybody had a great idea of the reality of this situation. He tells the, the story of a guy who is beaten and robbed. And along the way, as people are passing by, A priest comes down the road and sees him laying there, passes on the other side. A temple assistant comes by, sees him, walks over, looks, and then passes by on the other side. And we might read that and you're like, oh yeah, religious people. But you got to understand that those guys have worked very hard to get to the place where they are. They've done a lot of good things in order to be made right in order to have a standing in front of the community. And what the law says is that they actually, if they were to touch something unclean, they couldn't do their work in the temple that day. So based on, I believe, if you could infer and look into the story, there is a sense of fear that if I do this, then I'm going to let down, I will not be able to maintain my duties that I have earned. I'm going to be affected negatively if I do this for this soul. But listen, in that thinking, they know the law. And the law said, if you want to be perfect, then love your neighbor as yourself. So what? how did this even happen? You see the confusion. You see the distortion of the message where things become internal. It becomes about me. But along came a detestable man in their society, a Samaritan, an unclean man, and says as he walked down the road, it said that he actually had compassion on him. The Greek word compassion is splachna. You know that? Splachna. It sounds sounds like what it means. And what it means is it it means in the gut. It means a rise. You ever ever watch those Facebook videos or whatever video, like whatever y'all watch, uh, about people on a bike or something, they're going down a hill and they fall off the bike and they just skid down the pavement and you're like, oh yeah. You know, you can see it now. All y'all are like, oh my, oh it hurts, right? That's that's that feeling. It's It's a rise within my gut that says like, I understand. I feel your pain. And so what happened when the Samaritan walked down the street that day, there was a rise within his gut of compassion that said, I feel your pain. And so because of the rise of feeling of compassion, he stopped. And the word says that he 
bandaged his wounds with olive oil and wine and he put a bandage around this man and he put him on his own donkey and walked him to the nearest inn where he paid the right for this guy to stay. Not only did he pay the right for him to stay, he went over and above and he said, if this guy runs up any other tab, I will be back to pay that. That's good news. That's really, really good news. Jesus said in verse 36 through 37, he says, Now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Which of, which of these is actually the neighbor? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. This is the real neighbor. This is our true calling. The one who had the rise in compassion. Can I invite you into this idea of what the scripture points us to? That if you are trying to love people, you'll find yourself falling quite often. If you wake up every day and you just want to be used and you're really striving to love your boss and you're striving to love your wife and you strive to love your husband, but you just, I just don't want to do it. You know, anybody with me? You know what I'm saying? We just don't want I'm alone. <laughs> I just don't want to. But here's the only way that compassion rises within you is if you have an experience where compassion has been displayed to you. You see, every single one of us is actually a player in this story. But the truth, the very, very, the clear truth of, if you read and understand the entire Bible, there is one person in this story, whether you know it or not, this is who you are. That you have not measured up to the perf perfect law. Here's what Romans 3 says, and this is the passage that I share with you, Darian. In that, in that, in that uh, garage, I share this with you. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Do you see that word, no one? That means all of us. There's not one person in this room today that's justified before God because they've done something. That's me too, y'all. The law simply shows us how sinful that we are. We've missed the mark. Do y'all love him with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength? Man, I, I, str I want to. I want to. But now, but now, listen to this, but now, don't let this get old to you either. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. That is true for everyone. Can we say everybody? Everyone. Everyone. That means all y'all and me. Who believes? That word is to receive, is to rest, is to trust. No matter who we are. No matter. No matter. For everyone, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. That means we have all missed the mark at some point in our life. Now, what was spoken to you as you asked yourself, what makes God smile today? 
can I introduce to you, can I just invite you into the understanding that uh, whatever you believe makes God smile today, if it is not this message that Jesus accomplished what he accomplished, which makes God smile and satisfies him, uh, I want to tell you that that is actually sinful to trust in something other than Jesus. Did you know that? And I want to tell you that the, what the word says is, it, sin, listen to me, sin, sin is something that holds you back from the good life. You might feel really satisfied in the place that you're sitting today, but I want to invite you into a brand new life. What the word says is the truth that will set you free to the real life that you always actually wanted. You actually want the good life. Now, how do you believe that you will get it? The truth that you believe will set you free or it will enslave you. And I've never met someone who receives the truth about Jesus, the good news that he sets you 100% free, like instantly, right now. You can have it. You can be declared perfectly right with him if you come to him and you go, I'm trusting in what you've done for God and you've extended to me something I've never earned. When you receive that good news, something from heaven is actually imparted to you. Did you know this? Life is breathed in in that moment. And the Holy Spirit is the breath of truth. And it is breathed in when you receive that. When you receive that truth, something in here shifts instantly. And I cannot tell you how it happens other than by faith when you call out and say, I want you to be Lord. I want you to be in charge. I'm stepping off of the control of my life and I'm handing over control and I'm trusting you for my goodness and my badness. At that moment, when you call out to Jesus, something is into your life. Is it? Yes. It is into your life. And when it is into your life, the chains fall off and you sense the, oh, I can breathe. First time. And now you can walk. And we're going to learn to walk together. This is available to everyone in this room today. And maybe you've heard this message a thousand times, but you have not received it for yourself. You can have it. And if you need that today, and you sense the weight of the world is on your shoulders today, and you're striving to earn the favor of God today, then I encourage you, would you ask Jesus to set you free? Would you speak life or breathe life over my life? I want to trust what you've earned for me because I know I actually can't earn it. I need it from you. Right where you are, I'm going to ask just, we're going, we're going to bow for a second. And if that's you today, because I believe there's, there's a, those of us in the room that that's me today. Would you bow your heads today and would you just let me know, hey, I, I need that. I want to be set free today. And what we've talked about, I've never, I've not done that. I want, I want that today. If that's you, would you just let me know? Right where you are, would you just tell him? Right where you are. Jesus, I surrender. 
I can't earn it anymore. And I'm going to trust the fact that you earned it for me. Forgive me. I can't, I can't earn it. And today I receive the fact, have this, or have this, this is for you, have it. I receive the fact that you love me today. And you showed me on the cross, you receive it, have it. He loves you. He loves you. You're forgiven today. Receive it. It's yours. And now the invitation to you, once you're set free, the invitation to you is, hey, would you come, would you come walk with him? He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a calling on your life. And you're here for a reason. It's more than you ever thought or imagined. Now come discover it. Now for those of us in the room who've uh, received the good news of Jesus, what's the thing that came to your mind uh, that makes God smile? I'm going to invite you, if you could, or if you would like even deeper freedom in your life, would you take the thing that came to your mind and would you, almost like a breathe out, would would you let that thing go? And would you grab hold of what the truth says And the truth says, uh, this is actually what makes God smile, what Jesus accomplished for you. And would you grab hold of the good news once again? Would you be reminded that Jesus earned the smile for you? And as you wake up every morning, you're allowed to step in. You're invited. Would you breathe that in? Would you receive that truth? And that truth is actually going to set you free. It's going to bring a greater degree of freedom in your life. And then from that, would you just begin to thank him? And I, I, this is my prayer for you, that you would step into a life of thanks because you're invited to just live thankful. Jesus, we're thankful today, thankful for you, thankful for what you did, thankful for the invitation. Thank you for new life in this room. Thank you for breathing life into this room. Now, would you send us out to bring good news to those who need it? Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, real quick, I want to ask my friend, Jim. Jim, come up here and uh, send us out with the encouragement. Uh, by the way, we, we're, going, we're going to have a new, we have a new life in this room one time. Come on now. We're going, yeah, come on. We're thanking the Lord for that. So uh, today is a unique day of celebration, but I was also thinking about something, Lester, that a couple weeks ago you sat up here and you were interviewed and you were asked as you were, as you, you have moved to full surrender of your life to Christ, you said, you know, the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to, I was like, God, don't call me to preach. You know, you just preach the gospel over here. We watch someone move from death to life. Isn't that cool how God calls us? Um, but um, do, you, do you ever look at God's word sometimes and you read something and you go, it's just full of mysteries, right? And some things maybe are easy to understand, but if the more you study God's word and the more you ask God to show you his word, you know, he wants you to understand it. And he wants to make all those things that you read about someone else in God's word, he wants to make it real to you. And so my normal routine in the morning is, depending if my wife's awake, if she's, uh, if she's awake, then I get in the, and I'm, and I'm getting ready, I blast Christian music. I just, in fact, she's in the other room going, she probably has a hard time doing her Bible study because I have it on so loud. 
But this morning, Wednesday morning, <clears throat> I woke up and um, the song I heard is a song that says, let it be Jesus. And a couple things it says is the first thing that I call my song inside the storm, I'll never need another. And then it finishes with a piece that comes from Philippians 1. It says, for me to live is Christ. And for those of you who have studied that at all, you know, Paul <clears throat> says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And, you know, as I think about Paul and what he was doing, you know, Paul walked so closely with the Lord that um, he, he could see a little glimpse of heaven and he knew whatever this world was, what was prepared for him was gain. And I think so often it's so easy to miss that too. We can walk in this world and get absorbed by this world and fall in love with this world and forget that he says, what I have for you is so far beyond what we have here. But I stopped for a moment and I said, but what does this thing mean for me today to live as Christ? And, and so uh, I was in the car <clears throat> and I was driving and, uh, and, and I started just thinking and I, and, 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 and I was going, what does this mean, God? What does this mean? And by the way, he will speak to you and he will answer you. And he, he said this to me, um, I answer all your whys. I, I answer all your whys. And I want to read to you. So when I got, I said, I got to write this down, what he gave me. It's what he gave me. And this is what I wrote. He says, what, is, what does that mean for me to live as Christ mean to me this morning today? This is what he showed me this morning. He is and answers all my whys. He is why I got up this morning and why I wanted to. You ever as a Christian or, or you ever get up in the morning, you go, I don't want to today. I don't want to get up this morning. I know I have to. Sometimes as Christians, we get up in the morning and we, and we don't want to because we forgot our why. And so he was, he's the why that I wanted to. <clears throat> he is why I will love and not hate today. He is why I can have hope and joy today. He is why I will care about others today and not just myself. He is why life will have purpose today and I have a future. He is my why. That's what it means for, for me to live is Christ. He is my why. He answers all my whys. He changes everything. But he doesn't leave us there because if he leaves us there, then it's just about me, right? And then I go, I'm so glad, God, you answered all my whys. So then he said real quickly, he says, now you know I'm your why. And, and by the way, as I was in my car, I started, you, you can scream out, you can yell out to God. You ever done that? You ever yell out to him? Just say, I was yelling out to him while I was driving. There was tears coming down my face. I was going, you're my why. You're my total why. And, and, and what I do for a living, I get to speak to a lot of um, groups of employees. And one of the things I've realized, I stand in front of younger employees all the time. And they look younger all the time. And what I've realized with this younger generation, I really respect this, is that this, they are not going to come work for you if you can't explain why. They're not going to be willing to give their best if you can't explain why. Here's the coolest thing in the world. We have the why. If you know him, you have the why. Here's a why. Why don't we walk the way he's called us to walk sometimes? It's because we forget. We forget who he is. We forget what he's done. We forget what he wants to be in our life. And so I'm encouraging you which what he encouraged me with is, don't forget that I answer all your whys. But so he doesn't leave us there and he says, so he gave me this and he says, why should we not want be hurt every day over a world that has no real why? So you got your why, if, you're, if you know him, you, if you'll get there, you got your why, but why, why should I? Um, who have no hope, <clears throat> no future, no peace, no joy. 
they try to find it all the time. You watch our world. And by the way, as a Christian, if you're not careful, watch yourself too, because what you'll do is you'll try to find your why somewhere else, and what you'll find yourself is discouraged, down, unhappy, and then you'll go back to him, and he'll show you I'm your why, and then all of a sudden the joy comes. But we have a world that's looking for a why all the time, right? They're looking for an everything. They can't find the why, and they're waiting for you and me. They have no joy. They have no peace. Oh, God, please let us not be satisfied that this world doesn't have what we have, a why. And his name is Jesus, and I love him. And uh, as, as you heard this morning, you know, it, it's not about waiting for Jay, right? It's not about saying, hey, Jay, can you come to my life group now, too, because I need you to give people the why. Why, why is life worth living? Who, who holds that? Jesus holds it. And he's given you that, and he's given you, me and you that story to tell that only you can tell of why life is worth living, and his name is Jesus. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Now you're invited. You're invited in. Uh, as the one has come and given compassion to you and breathed into your life, now rise and walk and go walk and look for people who are broken and beat down and have compassion as compassion's been given to you. And when they don't reciprocate with compassion, now you have eyes to understand them that in fact they're just wounded and hurt. Give them compassion anyways, because Christ gave you compassion anyways. Then watch as their life begins to soften and be transformed by the renewing of this message, which is the dynamite of God. Come on now, it's for all of us. Now we're going to go give it away this week. And uh, my prayer, a blessing over y'all. As you leave today, if you need more information, please come talk to me. If you made a decision, come talk to me. Let's walk this journey together. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group. And then we're going to tear this place down with some little aerobic exercise right before lunchtime. So y'all hang out a little bit. Would you stand up? Would you give three hugs away as you leave today? And thank you so much for being here. Do not miss next week. The party continues.